Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to episode 20 of the Flying V Anaheim Ducks podcast. I am your co-host, Anthony Cerdelli, and here with me today, as usual, is Kent Huskins. Husky, how you doing? Anthony, good, man. Good, doing well, thanks. We've had a little bit of a break. It's been about a little over two weeks since we recorded our last show, and a lot has happened since then. We've had uh, the all-star break, a, a couple wins by the Ducks, and a loss. Um, some interesting trade rumors have been going on, so we'll discuss all of that. Uh, as always, you can find us on the Believe Podcast Network, Southern California's number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in Southern California and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? So, yeah, let's just uh, let's get started. Ken, how you doing? I'm good. Yeah, we've been busy, but uh, yeah, a lot of, uh, you know, I think everyone's had the, the crazy flu that's going around and we've uh three of the four in our household had it. everyone's back feeling good now back uh back in the rhythm back at school and the coffee shop so we're just kind of back in the routine uh, how about you guys over there i just want to clarify when you say that the crazy flu you you just mean the flu not the the flu that's been going around the coronavirus that would be a, <laughs> that would be a little bit yeah, upsetting that's an, uh, i don't know i just i don't even i don't know I haven't really paid too much attention to that. To be honest, I, uh, yeah, I've just chosen to kind of ignore it. But, yeah, uh, wash your hands and wipe down your uh, your eating surfaces, I guess. <laughs> it, yeah, exactly. Good kind of uh, sanitary practices. I actually, for the that's funny for the coffee shop, I actually had to take uh, some food safety courses, and it's just like you become like have this ultimate permanent state of paranoia about washing your hands and sanitizing surfaces and cross-contamination and all these things that I like never even thought twice about but now it's like uh 24/7 on my mind it's uh, it's annoying yeah i mean there's uh, i can definitely think nothing more sketchy than walking into a restaurant or eating establishment in california that has a b rating you're just like uh, even though nothing's going to happen you're just like ooh it's uh what am i walking into here <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't say that. We haven't we haven't had our uh, our uh, our health inspection. I know we're due like any day, so that so we're due for an inspection. So uh, so the pressure's on, but we we do everything by the book, so I'm sure we'll be fine. Excellent. Actually, that reminds me of a uh, when I was in college, there was a Chinese place around the block from where we uh, where we our dorm was, and it was called okay Chinese food and we were like huh it's an interesting name for a Chinese place and then we looked at the rating and it was a B rating and I was like maybe they got the health inspection before they opened and they just decided let's not oversell the thing and just call it okay Chinese food. <laughs> I love it that's great. Um, but yeah let's get into it so way back when Ducks versus Coyotes that was I believe the first game back from the all-star break a victory for the Ducks. Uh, I think it was, uh, it was, if you go back before the all-star break, I think that was their second win in three games or maybe three wins in a row. Um, excuse me, but definitely a really good performance. Adam Henrique gets two very, uh, very 
easy goals, I'll say, but uh, great work done by uh, both of his teammates on those. Uh, nice pass by Andre Kasha on one of them. And then Grant gets uh, uh, involved in another shorthanded goal, uh, this time off the stick of Carter Rowney. How uh, do you feel about the game? Yeah, I thought that's, uh, that always seems like a tough, a tough matchup. And it, they're, they're always kind of been a scrappy team and just always uh, seems like it's always kind of like a anywhere from a 2-1, 2 3-1, 3-2, somewhere in that scope. And that's kind of the games they played there conventionally and the kind of identity they've built for themselves over the last two or three years to so just kind of hardworking – uh, keep it close and just try and kind of outwork and out execute with not uh, comparatively speaking like a huge amount of talent I think with the addition of Kessel uh, over the uh, over the summer and and then the, the big trade from Taylor Hall you think they've kind of latched on to something and and wow you know they're they're going to really take a run of this and and it just goes to show that the team chemistry and things that, that look good on paper sometimes take a little while to to work out how you think. And, um, yeah, it looks like they've kind of kind of slid a little bit in the standings and are now kind of flirting with that kind of 8-9 spot, um, which is kind of not what you expect after you, you kind of make a, an aggressive move uh, like that to go out and get Taylor Hall. I think it made made all the sense um, in the world there at the at the time. Like things things were going well, and they'd been putting together a good season, and just seemed like a sprinkle of extra offense and a former MVP is just gonna put them over the top and in great great position for the uh, post All Star break and kind of second half, but. It hasn't really gelled yet, kind of uh, in the same mode that the the Kessel fit hasn't really. It's just a di- such a different style than, uh, than Pittsburgh and even most teams in the East. Like just kind of a lot more uh, tight checking and, and just kind of a less run and gun where those those offensive guys really kind of tend to thrive. So, uh, but yeah, I mean. It, Backtracking, yeah, always a tough, tough uh, matchup for the Ducks. So it was great to see him come out and uh, get a good start. And yeah, nice couple of goals. Obviously, the first one kind of off the the boots or the the lower shin region or, or something, whatever it hit Enrique. But when you when you go to the net, as they say, good things happen. And uh, second one, uh, great pass, and that's a nice little skill play by. By him there to be in close and just as um, I think Hazy or uh, Johnny were saying on the broadcast, how so you just kind of it wasn't really a shot as much as just putting the proper angle on your stick to kind of redirect it into the top corner. Uh, so that was that was a really nice play, kind of the top speed. Um, and then the the third goal was, was the third goal the shorthanded. Yeah, yeah. Another those two. Yeah, that's. <laughs> the chemistry is awesome and they just kind of buzz around and they're always uh always threatening and um yeah they both they both been great all year and to to do it again was uh it was just awesome and you see the firepower they're out against and 
um, just kind of a, a harmless-looking play and a bit of a a miscue, a goalie D exchange. Coaches always hate that when you, you mess those up, believe me. <laughs> uh, so when just kind of go back, maybe, I don't know, a power play case, and maybe a power play kind of letting the, letting the guard down a little bit, a little too casual, weren't expecting that much pressure that far down the ice when there wasn't really uh, much going on, but just created something out of nothing. And then a great hustle play by Rowney away from the puck. I mean, you saw he was the one who backhounded it, kind of fluttered just to clear the zone down the ice. And then he skates right by uh, two guys, including um, I saw him blow by or um, I don't know. It was just like atrocious uh, <laughs> coverage on the rush. I'm like, who's number 91? This guy what? What's he doing? And then I look up and it's Taylor Hall. I'm like, wow. I, uh, man, he's uh, one of those plays, I guess, where you just kind of let your guard down and and just uh, a case of getting outworked by a couple of guys who are just uh, hungry on that particular play and uh, have been feeling it this year. I've had some success at kind of, uh, kind of encourage taking those chances up the ice once in a while when they pay off like that. But I thought it was a, a good game. What uh, what did you see? Um, I feel the same way. I mean, it feels like Grant and Rowney are getting shorthanded chances every game they're playing. We're going to talk about one uh, against the Kings as well um, in a little bit, but uh, they didn't score on that one, but it was another, it was another example. But I just thought um, – Kasha especially played really well in that game and he's been playing well for the last few games of the players you really tend to notice on the ice just doing um, whether it's the little things more spectacular things Kasha's pretty much been involved the last few games I thought it was a good win especially kind of uh, you talk about those games where maybe the Ducks are out of it but they're trying to play spoiler a little early uh, and they definitely did that to the Coyotes who are now only three points uh, up in that last playoff spot with two games more played uh, already played against uh, uh, versus Chicago who's in the ninth spot and uh, three points down so theoretically that's even a tighter race than than it actually appears on the standing so uh, good on the Ducks for for remaining competitive and getting the second I mean the unofficial second half of the season off to a good start um, and then I think moving on to the Ducks and Lightning unfortunately a, a, a loss there but uh, a decent game, I think, all around. Raquel, uh, that that first goal he had was pretty uh, – was just an absolute snipe, just turning around 360, rifles it into the goal, uh, top corner. Like, I don't think it could have been any – tucked any further into that upper corner than it was. Um, I think Delzato had another great game, one of those where he, he was really up in the offense pretty frequently. Um Terry getting in front of the net, getting getting a couple of points, I think, in two straight games at that point. So uh, some good signs there. Unfortunately, uh, it was a little disappointing how the game ended up. I think Anthony Sorelli for the Lightning had a, a quite a game, really established himself in front of the Ducks net. Uh, had a really nice move on Fowler, Gibson forced Gibson to make a good save. And then the other thing we've spoke about on a couple occasions this year, uh, just the matchup, having to deal with the Manson and, and Lindholm when they're playing together, or one of them always having to match up against uh, some of the uh, the league's best. In this case, it was Nikita Kucherov, who just scored an unbelievable goal. 
uh, in that game. So it was, uh, there were definitely some silver linings to take out of that loss to the lightning, but I think I thought it was um, disappointing overall. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, yeah. Another, that's, that's a quality, quality opponent there. It's probably one of, uh, I think by the time the season ends, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're back in first, First overall, after a bit of a sluggish start and kind of, uh, I don't know, getting their uh, their psyche back in order after the the first round there last year, but it seems like they've kind of all the the talent they had there. You knew it was just kind of a matter of time, and, um, and, and yeah, I mean the matchups. It's almost play against a team like that. Um, yeah, matching up. That that's another. Yeah, one of the guys who I would hate playing against because yeah, they can just make you look bad and make it look easy, and that's uh, and that's that's not not fun as a defenseman. And I think the, the more kind of times you uh, you have those matchups over the course of a game, especially if you're getting them all night every game, you you really have to have thick skin and the ability because it's it's gonna happen regardless of who you are and just uh, put up behind you and and get back and and keep competing and keep playing your game. So, um, but yeah, I mean, as a as a fan, I mean, what a that was a pretty pretty incredible goal for sure. One of uh, one of the nicer ones you're gonna see. Um, from one of, one of the top guys in the league. Uh, the Raquel goal, it, and you saw the guys laughing after he scored because he, he totally whiffed off his first shot, which was, and then you saw all the boys chuckling in the in the huddle after the goal. That was pretty funny. But, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a pretty, uh, pretty sick uh, turnaround shot there with uh, pretty much a, a six-foot-five Norris Trophy I don't know if he's won it yet, or he's been a definitely been a finalist, uh, deservedly so. But one of the best defensemen in the game, this giant uh, headman kind of draped all over you and, and spinning it and and firing that that shot and getting that much on it from that far out was a really nice play for sure. I think having um, won the Norris two seasons, 20, 27, 18, 27, 2018, you won the Norris. So yeah, you're yeah. right. <laughs> very, uh, very well, good I, defender. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there's, there's kind of case in point on the other side. Like I don't think you can defend that any better, but just guys are so good and they're going to, they're going to get, uh, get their chances and, and bury some. So uh, that was, uh, but yeah, that was a, a, an unbelievable goal. And, um for Raquel as well so yeah a, a tough a tough one there and yeah I noticed that's the rally too I uh I've, I've heard the name a lot I haven't seen too many lightning games but uh, yeah just the way he kind of got gets in on the four check there looks like uh yeah I, I can see what kind of what the the buzz is about on him and on that one four check I think it was the the lightning's first goal where he just got in there like he was shot out of a cannon and just kind of uh I always hated the guys that would kind of come in and almost fake like they were going to hit you. And then, because uh, you're almost guys, the defenseman he used to, and, and still guys do, you want to get a guy uh, on your hip as you're going back for the puck and kind of almost welcome him to finish his check so you can uh, chip the puck to your partner and have him kind of have a second or two to have some time to look up and make a play. But when someone kind of comes in like that, like you're going to be hit and then just kind of jumps off you and in behind and takes the puck, 
that's uh, that's uh, that's not fun either. <laughs> so uh, any any number of uh, problems those lighting forwards can uh, can present, and that's that's why they they did what they did last year, and that's why I think they're. Uh, they're on their way to doing it again. I know Boston's up a couple points on them, but the way they've been rolling the last few weeks, I think it's just a matter of time before they overtake. Um, yeah. Oh, how dare you? No, no, it's, I think you're right. I think they are, uh, I think they are really, um, they're coming on strong and, and with the experience and the adversity they, they faced last year, I think they're going to be a tough a tough out in the playoffs once that happens and uh, that Atlantic division getting out of the second round of that Atlantic division is always a, it's been a war for the last, the last three, three seasons between the, uh, the battle against uh, the Bruins two seasons ago. And then the Bruins kind of lucked out with Tampa losing in the first round and they, they came up against Columbus, which was still a pretty, pretty good series, but I don't think there's going to be any way that the Bruins or Toronto can avoid the lightning in the second round this year. I would be surprised to see them duck out in the first round, two consecutive years. Um, and yeah, it's uh, uh, the other thing I noticed, and we'll, we'll talk about it a little more uh, coming up for the recap of the Kings game was uh, the, the youngsters are starting to score again. They're uh, Terry's getting some points uh, in the Kings game. I think if there's, one thing you want to carry forward that'll give you hope for the the future of the Ducks, uh, especially is is a game like uh, we had last. Uh, I think it was Saturday against the Kings, where you've got Jones scoring a goal on a beautiful pass from Sam Steele, a little behind the back pass on a play that got started by Kasha and Jones. Really, uh, once again, I, I know we spoke about it a few weeks ago with his stick work in front of the net. Um, in this case, he kind of just moves his stick a little bit and, and is able to get almost, I mean, a very small surface area of his stick on the puck and lift it up uh, past the Kings goaltender. So uh, um, a great goal all around from the, from the Ducks youngsters over there. And then and Larson gets a goal as well. Uh, he's been struggling over the past few games, so it's good to see him get on the score sheet. But I think, I think if you, if you want to have hope in the youngsters, it's, it's that they're, they're starting to pick it up again in this, in this second half. Yeah, you're seeing their their names definitely on the score sheet, and yeah, like yeah, those guys you mentioned, Jones, Steele, and uh, and Terry as well. You're starting to see those guys pop up more and more, so definitely an encouraging sign. Yeah, that was a really nice uh, nice play, and I think again, you like to see that, even though uh, uh, the standings being what they are, kind of coming out, and uh, I think everyone that's it's a big game in Southern California, regardless of standings always is and always will be. And um, yeah, just to see the guys come out and, and have such a strong start and really, uh, you know, no, no one's mailing it in, or, you know, the fact that they're, uh, they're far down and, and, you know, the playoffs aren't looking like uh, too great a possibility right now, but uh, to see them come out and have a start like that and be, be ready to play and execute and compete, I think that was uh, that was great and, and bodes well for sure and a nice a nice play on that goal all around. Yeah, it was a great pass by by Steele and just great pressure to kind of create a, a turnover on a, a backhand flip up the middle uh, from your own half wall. Um, I can just imagine what uh, Coach McClellan had to say about that. Um, 
but and having a, those those ones it never fails. They always kind of tend to wind up in your net. You just you know, the poor poor forward who did that. I'm sure didn't uh, yeah didn't get too much of a warm reception there. But um, yeah, great great hustle play and yeah hustle like that. And pressure creates uh, mistakes and turnovers like that, and get on the decks to to capitalize. And then uh, Derek Grant once again, eleventh of the year. It wasn't it wasn't even shorthanded this time. It's like even more impressive that it was uh, even strength. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that was a that was a sick, a really nice play. Um, to kind of, uh, I mean, he's a big, strong guy, but to uh, to kind of hold off your your check with one arm. <laughs> And redirect with uh, a slap shot, an NHL defenseman slap shot, and redirected him and out with one hand. That was um, he, he made it look easy. But that's definitely not not an easy play. So it's, yeah, you love seeing continued success for him. I know we keep we keep saying it, but uh, what a great story! And and come back after the injury and just pick up where he left off. So uh, awesome, awesome stuff there. Go on and good on Fowler for. Uh... That, that shot, I mean, it, I think it's another underrated part of, of those type of plays in general. It's the ability of the defenseman to put it right where it needs to be at a high speed uh, so that it redirects into the goal like that uh, off of off of Grant's stick. So um, another good play by another guy who's kind of had a – I mean, Grant's really having a breakout season, but Fowler's having definitely a comeback season from from last year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's been been strong all year, and yeah, that's a great play. Good point. Way to give props to the defenseman. I love it. <laughs> I feel great. like we're a defenseman heavy uh, podcast here, where our, our guests have all been defensemen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you are a defenseman, but got to give love to yeah. the defenseman. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. About time here. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, that was a great, yeah, great point by you. Great pass, kind of shot pass, shooting off the net, but being able to pick out that stick. Uh, in traffic there wasn't a lot of room to get that through and uh, so yeah, it was real nice setup there and um, and just another not on the score sheet but just another great tilt by uh, Delorier and uh, a big guy from uh, McDermott was it from LA I know they've gone a couple other times this year and it's just mm-hmm. like I, I, I don't know if they're their buddies uh or they they have a history but they're just going every game and and it's just kind of uh yeah they, they're just going they're just chucking and and it's uh it's awesome and gets both teams going kind of elevates the game and uh yeah you, you just love what delorean's brought to the table this whole year another guy we've, we've talked about another kind of of the the role player crew that that have has done a great job this year and been a real bright spot and uh, continues to be that. Those are, those are always great and love, love to see that in a rivalry game. Talking about uh, Grant specifically, Eric Stevens had a great article on him. Uh, I go so far as to call it heartwarming about Grant's kind of journey through professional hockey and, and his, his breakout with the ducks. Um, I highly suggest reading it. It's on the athletic uh, and he had this quote specifically about Grant's, not only his power play goals, but uh, just his, his, or excuse me, penalty kill goals, um, shorthanded, but also his presence on the, on the penalty kill. Uh, the quote he has is, uh, goals haven't been his only contribution since Grant returned to the lineup in Nashville. 
uh, in that Nashville game is one of Anaheim's top penalty killers. The Ducks have erased 13 of 14 shorthanded situations. That's 92.8%. In the 12 games he was sidelines, the Duck killed off 22 of 30 for 73.3%, which is a huge difference considering um, just, I mean, it's a huge difference with you can tell what, what an impact Grant makes when he's in the lineup and also how much of a kind of a communication and, and uh, team effort thing the penalty kill is like it's, it, it might seem like it's one guy, but I'm sure that if Rowney was out of the lineup, it would kind of be a similar situation. Yeah, that's an unbelievable stat. That's uh, that is, that's uh, I mean, the goals, yeah, the shorthanded, goals are, are one thing but to see that kind of shift um yeah that's that's no fluke absolutely and i mean you can see and i think maybe partially they go hand in hand where uh if, if you start having success i know i've um i've seen it before where you know if you kind of have that in the back of your mind as a power player well this team uh can score shorthanded goals like if that's part of the scouting report where you kind of have that in the back of your mind, where you, where you may be a little more reluctant to make uh, some of those high risk, high reward plays that uh, like when you're going and hundred percent comfortable, you make w- without even thinking about. And uh, when you make them like that, they usually, uh, usually kind of hit the reward side more than the, the risk. But when you kind of start second guessing things or have that in the back of your mind, it's amazing how, um, that kind of caused that split second hesitation. So, but I mean, I could see it. I, like, just he's good on, uh, let's see, like, big guy, good stick, physical, can win battles, can skate, and, and factor in just his knack and his the sense he's developed this year when, and the instincts. Um, that, yeah, he's developed over the years to be able to, to jump in and kind of just have that have that inkling of when there might be uh there might be some daylight to take a chance and on the other side of that so many times you've had um yeah the other the other part of the equation Rowney just being able to win that puck battle or or get that clear and put it in a spot where he can get to it or just uh, create some havoc on the back check or, or yeah that their chemistry is phenomenal it's been been special to watch for sure Before we go any further, I've got some breaking news. This important PSA is brought to you by Manscaped.com. This is your pubic service announcement. After more than 18 months of research and development, the Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the greatest nut hair trimmer ever created. That's right, two created. It's that important. This new trimmer was just released only moments ago, and we are the first to confirm the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0 manscaping trimmer is now available for purchase. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BELIEVE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V. And as always, your balls will thank you. All right. Uh, now that that's over. <laughs> incredible. <laughs> oh, incredible. I, nice. I, I read that and I was like, that's actually the tamest ad they've had me read this whole time. So yeah. um, nice. I'll take it. Um, 
But yeah, getting back to the game, uh, also a, a season high saves by Ryan Miller, um, only gives up one goal. I think he had 46 saves or something like that. And the Kings really poured it on towards the end of the game. So uh, a great job there by a wily veteran who is um, only getting better with age, I think. Oh, so wily. I know that was awesome. What a game by him. Just, uh, just solid. Every time he's in there, he's great. And, uh, that's uh, yeah. So another stellar performance, and the one goal shouldn't even, shouldn't have even been a goal. I mean, the ref messed up and blew the whistle early. Uh, I don't know how you can go back and overturn that like it never happened and call it a goal. Like that makes no sense to me. I, I don't. I, I yeah, that just blows my mind that they could call that a goal. There's just there's no way. I don't. They're yeah. saying it was a continuation of play, which I've never heard of. Maybe that's a new thing or something, but it's come, uh, yeah. it's come up a couple times, I think once or twice in the playoffs, but that's one of the more confusing rules that there is in, in the NHL, I think in terms of review and stuff, because the, I think actually this goal, although I don't agree that the rule should exist, I think if, if you've blew the whistle, the play's dead. I don't, I don't think there should be any sort of continuation, but that goal made it a little easier to understand how the rule, I guess, is enforced. Because in, in a lot of games, uh, or the games that I've seen it used, is sometimes there's a scrum in front of the net and there's a, sh- a puck shot on net, but it's kind of, it's trickling towards goal. No one really touches it or the last person to touch it, uh, the puck doesn't really stop or is, is it doesn't come to a full stop before the whistle is blown and, and eventually crosses the goal line Rel- like bang bang relatively shortly after the whistle is blown this one being a shot from the point and kind of trickling through Miller it was more extended where that you could you could tell that like the the ref blew the whistle and the puck was still moving uh and, and I mean it was it was pretty bang bang again but it was it was pretty clear that no one else touched it um yeah so I yeah by the letter of the law that was a good goal but it's a stupid rule I mean I think it's it's their to protect against, I mean, partially probably there to make sure that there are more goals scored, but uh, yeah. it comes into play so rarely that it's like, just get rid of it. Like if the ref loses sight of the puck, you lose the sight of the puck and the play's dead. It's like, there's not much you can do about it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's never going to be perfect. And yeah, I mean, I know there's a, a definitely a, a time and a place and a usefulness for replaying all this stuff. But at some point, like, human error is part of sport whether that's like obviously the players with the referee too like it's a it's a uh, it's a it's a game with human error is a part of things it's part of life like i mean it probably uh yeah it it was a good goal for sure but the ref blew the whistle like two seconds before the puck went in the net and i guess if that is why the rule is in place and yeah I guess that probably would be a tailor-made incident why it would be I guess I've just never heard of it and I would think it would be used so rarely but if there if there ever was a case and there is a rule like that I guess it all kind of does make sense now but I'm trying to I'm trying to remember the the playoff game that it, it was like a big factor in um and I think it was an I don't maybe it wasn't overtime, but it it was within the last couple of years. But yeah, let's let's tackle a couple trade rumors. Um, after that uh, three to one win by the Ducks over the Kings, uh, there are some trade rumors. Obviously, there's the uh, the one circling that the Ducks are going to be willing to take on 
someone's uh, one some overpaid veteran salary and contract uh, in the next couple of weeks in return for some young assets or some draft picks. Uh, David Backus comes to mind for the Bruins, who's been waived and has played in the AHL. I think he's making around $4 million a year. And finally, mm-hmm. they, uh, they went from scratching him to, to putting him down in the AHL and waiving him. And no, he hasn't been claimed. So I guess technically he's still Bruins, Bruins property, but you wonder if, if, yeah, if he can, uh, if the Ducks would be willing to take on David Backus and, and try to extract uh, a draft pick or a draft pick and a young player from Boston. Uh, I'm trying to think of any other players with contracts that are that kind of burdensome that the Ducks that might be willing to uh, to trade for. None really come to mind just right off the bat, but I think Backus is the big one. Um, what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I would, I mean, I definitely have no problem with, uh, with that move considering kind of the, the, where, where the ducks are at as, as far as, um, you know, in, in a rebuild or whatever you want to call it, kind of trying to stock the, the cupboard or continual, continue to stock the cupboard with the with youth and good young players and i think yeah i mean i think it sounds great and um i mean not uh i played with with uh with david backus and st louis and great guy and uh is definitely just kind of uh no knock against him as a player it's i i think i mean he he was a, a great player in st louis and a great leader and a great guy and um, but it's just kind of a, a symptom of the the modern NHL where um, the the age of your old is getting younger and younger, and the the, the premium shifted towards uh, speed and, and and more speed, and uh, it's just kind of it just happens. A lot of guys like that. One one name that kind of comes to mind. Uh, in that vein is uh, Louis Erickson, but I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure what he's making with Vancouver, but I, I see he's actually been been back in the lineup and been scoring uh, scored a few goals up there. So you never know if that's kind of a, a ploy to get someone plug them into the lineup and try and give them some success to uh to showcase them a little bit and see what you can get as a return or um yeah i, I think that'd, that'd be a great play given where where the ducks are at to take on a veteran guy with some salary and uh for a team that's looking to to free up some room to find like the the final piece of the puzzle that they think is going to put them over the top and and maybe has uh, not so much a premium on young players that the Ducks could kind of swoop in, swoop in and get some picks. I think that would be a, be a great move. Yeah. The Louis Erickson contract, I just looked it up, is rough. That is uh, – his cap hit is $6 million for this season and the two following seasons after that. So that is certainly a contract that uh, the Canucks, I'm sure, would like to at least get part of off of their hands. I wonder even if the Ducks would take – be willing to take him and his entire cap hit for the next two plus seasons. But I, I wonder if they were able to negotiate to like a shared, shared responsibility of we, what he's owed and the cap hit on this contract. If, if yeah, they would. Uh, 
Yeah, you've seen that. You've seen that's another, yeah, another kind of common ingredient in those kind of those kind of deals. So I think, uh, yeah, you never know. It would be just a name popped into my head. So. And the other trade, which I mean, this is going to kind of link to our three stars uh, segment. Um, not not really a, a trade, but a rumor. Uh, coming out of Boston um, by, I believe, Joe McDonald, who's a who's a, uh, a Bruins reporter, was that the Bruins might trade or have have been contacted about trading Charlie McAvoy, which um, to me is ridiculous. Like I don't think that would happen, but I mean, if it does happen, I think the Ducks are a, a perfect a perfect kind of match for McAvoy because they they need a right shot defenseman, a young guy who's going to kind of um, be really one of the top defenders in the game if if he can continue his trajectory. And and I, with a few a couple of years left on his contract, you're you're looking to get someone back who uh, who has years on his contract as well. The Ducks are looking or the Bruins are looking for scoring. Um, so I I mean the guy who I'm thinking of is Ricard Raquel if. I could see a Ricard Raquel, Charlie McAvoy trade happening if indeed the Bruins were thinking about trading McAvoy. It, it makes sense to me. Uh, I don't know if the Ducks are willing to get rid of their one of their more talented offensive players uh, because it's really just, in their case, um, robbing Peter to pay Paul, uh, I think is the saying. So uh, I don't know. Well, what are your thoughts on that rumor? Uh, yeah, I mean, I uh, I had not... Uh, I'd missed that rumor, so I was kind of reading it up uh, on it a little bit over the last couple of hours. And, I mean, I guess possibly the fact that I didn't know that McAvoy had, had not uh, scored a goal this year. Um, and apparently he's had some issues in his own end. But, I mean, uh, he's 22. Are you kidding me? Like, uh, <laughs> I... I can't see them like you just don't trade a guy like that because he's having an, an off season, even based on what he's done up till now, he's only 22, but the, the level he's played at um, before this season at such a young age. And um, I don't know. I, I think that's, uh, it's a stretch. I don't for know. Sure. I, I, I don't know. I, I think that's, uh, Maybe a little bit of uh, a little bit of creative writing, trying to <laughs> come up with the come up with something to get to print. But I mean, maybe maybe it's true. Just and maybe he has been at a, that tough of a year where you you'd think of, of doing that. But I just, I mean, what I've seen of him up to this point, I, I think that's that's pretty early to be. Uh, giving up on a 22-year-old stud defenseman. I mean, that's that's, that's not just uh, something you come across every day. So, um, yeah. but I, I don't know. I guess, yeah. I mean, if the Ducks could get him, yeah, uh, I'd be be amazing. But yeah, those um, to give up uh, to give up a guy like Raquel, I, I don't think that that makes much sense at all. Yeah, um, I mean, coming from a Bruins perspective. It is a far-fetched kind of rumor. I know the guy, um, McDonald, basically said he was texted by an NHL executive. Uh, and he said, don't be, the text said something like, don't be surprised if the Bruins trade McAvoy. Um, which, I mean, that it's kind of mind-blowing, but having grown up watching the Bruins, 
it was also mind-blowing that they traded Thornton basically for peanuts and that they <laughs> traded Kessel basically for peanuts and that they traded Sagan basically for peanuts. So uh, it, it's certainly in the history of the Boston Bruins to make stupid trades like that. Uh, um, <laughs> Those those aren't three uh, three uh, encouraging cases there, but uh, you'd hope that maybe they learned. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that brings us to our three stars. Um, Three favorite or interesting fan interactions. I'm not going to say in my case it was favorite, but uh, there are – there are two negative ones and one positive one, but I mean, just touching on the Bruins one. So this article, so I wrote an article based on that report that I saw for Charlie McAvoy, um, basically saying, well, if this is a, if this rumor is, if there's any truth to this and the ducks might want to pick them up, then I mentioned Raquel and Silverberg as, uh, as potential or, or not both of them together, but, or either, or as potential, uh, return that the Bruins might want because they're their second line, first line caliber scores. Um, but I got, I mean, to be a totally honest, the, the, the outlet that I write for the hockey writers, I get a good amount of reviews, but, uh, when I wrote about the Bruins, I, this article was like absurd amount of page views. And I was like, man, that thing blew up. And then I read the comments and it was all Bru- Bruins fans just going, why would the Bruins ever trade Charlie McAvoy? And I was like, and they're like, you're, you're an idiot. I was just, all right, I'm just, re- I'm just regurgitating this report that I saw from a real Bruins writer, and I'm trying to uh, just theorize. But I was reading all these yeah. comments. These people are like, you're such a moron. I'm just like, ouch, the internet, it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Um, and there was a similar, uh, similar interaction with a, a, a Ducks fan last season where I, I had mentioned – that I the Ducks were maybe would not be in a position to make the playoffs for the next couple of years. This this is probably this time last season, and this Ducks fan was like, "I think you're underestimating the Ducks, uh, the Ducks' ability. They'll be in the playoffs next year for sure, and you're going to sound like an idiot." And like I went back and saw that article the other day in that comment, and I was like, "Ooh, yes, I was right on that one." So <laughs> give it the old uh, rubbing in his face. Unfortunately, I deleted my Facebook, so I couldn't really do anything. Um, <laughs> And the funniest one, a positive one. So last year I volunteered for maybe like six months at a public or government access channel in Torrance. And, uh, I was a reporter and one of the comments in one of the videos said that, uh, that I was in quotes, a daddy, like, like not like a, a father, but like, I don't know, a term for like good looking guy or something like that. And I was like, this is very awkward. <laughs> I was like, uh, I'm getting, uh, it was probably some like, 60 year old grandma that watches uh that watches the government <laughs> access channel but uh yeah that's that's my three how about yours nice um yeah i was trying to brainstorm here a little bit um <laughs> the one that jumped into my brain there's always the funny ones that happened uh playing in the minors um i was playing in portland we were actually at home playing against Providence, Providence Bruins. And I think it was like unseasonably warm or something like it was early, early in the season. And it was the fall, but it was just kind of unseasonably warm, which was rare for Portland. But um, it was, uh, there was something like it was super dry out or, or something and, and, and hot. And uh, like I, I don't know. I feel like the 
the arena was super warm. It was kind of foggy and stuff. So there's all kinds of issues, but I was always, I always uh, was a big like sweater or like I sweat a lot when we were playing. So I, I'd kind of every once in a while, um, if I was playing uh, a lot of minutes, obviously kind of in the minors that, uh, that tended to happen um, more so than the NHL where you're kind of, getting up to like 20, 25 minutes some nights in the, in the AHL, but, uh, and sandwich that was playing like four games in five nights with bus travel and all that kind of stuff. So, um, but yeah, there was this one game in Portland, super hot. I think it was the, um, our Sunday game. So the fourth game in five nights and, uh, I started, I was getting muscle cramps and it, they were getting worse throughout the game and then we were getting pumped like 6-1 at home by Providence <laughs> and we had uh, we had some awesome characters on that team I, I mentioned it before but uh, like Trevor Gilly, Zenon Kanaka, Shane O'Brien, Dustin Penner, uh, P.A. Parento, just a ton of, uh, ton of hilarious guys but Kanaka was always kind of the the most vocal of anyone and and one of those guys that uh, as your teammate was just kind of like your brother like you just do anything for a teammate one of those guys just just an awesome phenomenal team guy and uh we we were pretty tight we were buddies and it, it was six one <laughs> and i was trapping up so bad on the bench i had to have uh guys basically uh Help me off the ice at the end of the game, like to help me from the bench to get to get across the rink to the uh, where the dressing rooms were. So as I was kind of uh, being helped across the ice, some of the home fans were like, "Suck it up, Huskin. <laughs> You're not hurt." And it was our home crowd, and like we uh, we had an unbelievable team the year before, like made it to the conference finals. Had a great like rapport with the community and everything, and just getting chirped by these like two guys up there. It was so like demoralizing too, as a, a pro athlete, <laughs> having to get muscle cramps and get like I couldn't, my legs totally seized up. So these guys were kind of dragging me across the ice. And just get chirped by the fans, and then Kanopka turns around and just starts going back at him and asking them to meet him in the parking lot after the game. <laughs> These are our home fans, and so like that's kind of how it was there. It was just a uh, character with the fans and character on the team, and it was just a great city and always uh, always entertaining. But that was kind of kind of the big the big one that jumped out as far as uh, interactions with fans the ones that uh, ones I remember and stuff with the the NHL was always kind of a little uh, a little more tame a little more professional never uh, never any of the players <laughs> never any of the players challenging some of the fans to a fight in the parking lot after the game but uh, yeah so that was I, I I didn't have three, but that was my that was the one that de- that definitely jumped out for sure. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, I, I enjoyed that story, but I think uh, I think we're gonna wrap it up uh, uh, for this episode. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Delhi Tweets. That's D E L L I T W E E T S. You can find Ken on Instagram at 
Kent under or excuse me at Husk under dash Verna. That's H U S K under dash V E R N A. Um, and uh, I think that'll do it. Have a uh, have a good uh, night, and I'll I'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks, Anthony. See you back. Yep. Bye. So I could worship from above where I climbed down to be set free. She took me in again. There's a big Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.